Hello, and welcome to the latest edition of the FT Advisor podcast. I'm Damien Fantato, Deputy Editor of Financial Advisor. If there's one thing we've learnt from the Terminator, it's that ultimately the machines will come for all of us. The question we're here to answer today is whether the robos can do that with financial advice. We're here with Lisa Kaplan, the Head of Financial Advice at Nutmeg, the robo-advisor which is currently rolling out an advice service uh, to find out how they're going about it and whether there's anything that financial advisors themselves can learn from it. Hello, Lisa. Hello, Damien. So you are currently in the process of rolling out a financial advice service. What stage are you at with that? We're at the beginning stages. We started in October last year and it's it's going pretty well. We've uh, learnt a lot and uh, we're looking forward to developing the service over time. Cool. So what uh, practically uh, does this involve? How, do, how is it practically going to work? Practically, if you think of the traditional advice route, which is, uh, you know, you, you fact find, you talk to a customer, you find, you know, you find out what their objectives are, then you develop what your advice is and you discuss it and with the customer. That's all the same. But what's different is we've automated part of the process to make it a bit faster mm-hmm. um, and a bit less of a chore from the customer's point of view as well. So do, are there um, going to be any humans involved in this process? Will I be able to sort of speak to a human being for financial advice? Yes, I, the, the process is very human. It's not a case of the, the, you know, the Terminator, the robots are coming <laughs> to get you at all. I think people think of, of Nutmeg as this robo-advisor when in actual fact there are 170 people who work there. And one thing which we have learned already from the advice service is that a lot of our customers welcome talking to humans and want to talk to humans. And I think advice is just one way of doing it. And so people definitely very much do speak to me or speak to Tom or other people who work with with me in the advice Mm -hmm. uh, service. And it's just, you know, the hybrid thing of yeah. doing using tech for what tech is good at and using human for what humans are good at. Mm. Don't worry, the robos are coming for the journalists as well. Uh, <laughs> okay. There are automated journalists uh, on the horizon as well. So what are the challenges that you've encountered when um, putting this together? I think the, the biggest challenge for us initially was the demand. We aren't a huge team. When we launched the service, we had pretty quickly, we had a thousand people register their interest. And it's it's me and Tom and Sarah, and then there's some other more techie people. And it's it's we had a lot of demand to meet, so it, it became quite pressured, and that was a challenge at the outset. We've sort of done the first stage, and I'd say the next challenge we're facing is, is how do we develop the service to use tech more mm-hmm. so that we can meet more of that demand? So, so what aspects of the advice process actually are different from what you might get um, if I went to a financial advisor in a, in, a, in a normal firm? The first stage of fact-finding is through the medium of the internet. Mm-hmm. We gather all that information about you. And also, of course, it's not face-to-face it's via the phone that we speak to people. So whereas in my previous life, I would sit down with someone when I was going through the advice and have the report and go through it with them. Um, now what happens is I email my advice to the, the person and it's, you know, it's encrypted, it's password protected and 
all those safeguards are in place. Um, and then they book a call with me to talk through the advice, the recommendation that I have. I think in the initial phase, other than that, it's pretty similar mm-hmm. for for the, the person who's getting advice. Mm-hmm. Tom and I and Sarah, who are the, the key people in the advice team all come from traditional financial advice. So that's where we started, where we were very comfortable. But we're looking to use tech more and more throughout the journey. I mean, I could see for some people, we might have a service one day where there are no humans involved. But Nutmeg is a very human company. There are lots of people there. So it's 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 not like it's just robots. It is there's always there are always people involved. Mm-hmm. We've got a customer service team of 20 people. The people sometimes don't realize, and they actually know quite a lot themselves. Mm-hmm. I think the, the, the initially it's not all robots. Sure. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, how um, important do you see the advice arm of things being for Nutmeg? Nutmeg is very interested in the advice arm, but it's always when you say advice, people mean different things. Mm-hmm. Some people, and in, in my view, I, it's not right is see the advice if it's human one-to-one. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's true. I think you can. Ad- it's not necessarily the one-to-one. What the advice is, is the recommendation based on personal circumstances. I'm wandering a bit away from the question. The question is, <laughs> what is that for Nutmeg? <laughs> um, Nutmeg is a tech firm. Mm-hmm. We want to deliver advice using tech. We think we can help people put themselves in a better financial decisions. We can help them make the right decisions. Some people, it will be entirely through tech. Some people need a little of human interaction. And I dare say there are some people who do have very complicated situations where we won't be able to help, and that's fine. That's not our expectation. So, you know, if you're talking about domicile issues or you know, overseas and that sort of stuff. It, it That's very specialist technical areas. Mm-hmm. So it's fairly mid-market. It's aimed at sort of the mid-market, the mass market. What, we, what we're aiming to do is to help the people who, either because they were left out via RDR, sort of became orphan clients, had mm-hmm. nowhere to go, and the traditional advisors aren't interested in them. But also there's a whole bunch of people who think advice isn't for them or would never occur to them to get financial advice, who don't know what good financial advice can do for them. Um, they're people who would traditionally go to friends and family or go to websites. And I think what I certainly would like to do is to open those people's eyes to how they can get help. Um, and they feel they're not wealthy enough to get the help or they don't want to pay for the help or they don't want to pay enough for the help. Mm-hmm. And... How do you? What do you feel that advisors can learn from? Um, I suppose the process that you've been through. Lots of advisors are looking at how they can um, streamline their own processes, bring more technology into uh, their business. Can they learn anything from that from you? I don't want to patronise the advisor community. I think they know what they're doing yeah. and they do it well. I think if I compare what I know now to what I knew before. The way people think about their finances and their lives doesn't sit well with the sort of the traditional advice way, which is people's jobs and lives are much more changeable than they used to be. People, you know, you can't assume that someone's going to have a job for life. And what people are looking for more now is flexibility and they be able to change things, but still have a good financial plan that's going to get them Mm -hmm. where they want to be.
the advice providers are already aware of what tech is available to them, are definitely already moving in that direction. I guess what I would say is we're coming from tech mm. and we're moving towards the traditional advice market and the traditional advice market is starting where they are and they're moving towards tech. And I think there's a middle ground, yeah, the sweet spot that works for everybody. And I think we'll all find what works for our customers. Mm -hmm. Do you see that you're competing for the same customer base? It doesn't necessarily, based on what you've said, that it doesn't seem that you are. When I think about the people who I've seen through the advice service, just thinking about them, I don't think I've taken anybody's client. No one has an existing relationship with an advisor. Mm -hmm. That I'm sure. I can think of one person who was shopping around for advice and he had to choose between thousands of pounds somewhere else and 350 pounds with Natmeg. And he thought, well, he'll try the 350 pound version. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. So perhaps there was some competition there. But when I, th I think there in, there's enough room for everybody. And I haven't seen that. I'm t I certainly haven't taken anyone's client away from them. For mm -hmm. sure. Sure. I suppose one of the impacts that you might have um, entering the market, you and some of the other robos who are looking at, at, at providing advice, is that you might push down you might uh, the cost of advice. You might uh, impose some sort of price um, downward pressure on the cost of advice. Do you think that's likely to happen? Is that Do you see that as being a good thing? I think it's a good thing if, it's if advice is affordable to people who need it. I think... Creating advice is expensive because of the regulatory burden, among other things. Mm. And I think technology is a good way of reducing the cost. So if we're creating a pressure to use technology more to reduce cost, that may happen, yes. But even for a company like you, providing advice is an expensive business, you're saying? It is, yeah. yes, it is. Mm. And uh, we... We need to use technology as much as we can to reduce the cost. Mm -hmm. yeah. and so how does the regulation help and hind help and hinder you from um, entering the advice market as a tech firm? We are regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority as much as any other firm. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, no, the burden on us isn't lighter. I understand where the regulators are coming from, but you can use technology to handle the regulatory burden. So you've got to evidence suitability and Technology can really help with that, mm -hmm. for instance. Yeah. In, in what particular ways? Well, if I look at our, our online journey, so not the one-to-one -one advice, if we get it right, that journey right, it's right for everybody. If it's right for one person, it, it works for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, that's the nature of technology. So people come through that way, and we're not one more customer doesn't cost us any more. And you mentioned, you, I think you had said you had three advisors currently. Well, it's two and a half. Two and a half, yeah. okay. Um, how do you, um, have, have you recruited them from uh, other financial advisors? Is there much interest in working for a robo-advisor as a financial advisor? Because it's not, the, it's not a traditional no. financial advice job, I suppose. No. We recruited Tom uh, from another financial advice firm and the other person, Sarah, uh, she's uh, a power planner. Um, she was an internal candidate, but she was very well qualified. She mm -hmm. had worked previously at a, at a financial advice firm. I don't want to speak for Tom, but I've certainly, in terms of what brought me across, was 
the new world of technology, being able to advise many more people. Mm -hmm. Advice can be a slow process, and I'm, I'm very interested in making it faster and more accessible for people. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, that's what brought me, and I think Tom as well. Okay, thank you, Lisa, for coming in. Okay, um, and thank you, everybody else, for tuning in. And uh, drop by next week for the next edition. Thank you very much. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.